This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. S.A. Grant, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me, Mark. I am super stoked to have you here. And before we get started, because sometimes I forget to do this, what do you do in the world? Because I want to put you in context with my audience. Got you. So I, I always say like I'm a hybrid and some people may say I'm a renaissance man, but in reality, I had to slim that down because renaissance man means I'm a jack of everything, but master of none. So I've decided to master a couple things. Right. So on one hand, I have an agency that we do graphic design, web design and media marketing strategies. That's that bucket. Second to that, I'm a consultant and then we do growth strategy in my consultancy. And then I'm also a podcast host and all three of these elements work in synergy. Now, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I just turned 41. Okay. Well, congratulations. I'm 55. And the reason why I asked that so my audience doesn't they go, where's he going with this? Is I remember growing up in the 70s and 80s, there was no internet. There were no social media. So growth strategies back then were a lot different than they are today. Now you and I have podcasts. We have social media. Totally different world. So I want to get into really tactical uh, ideas on how people can obtain growth strategy. But before we do that, I want to know what, well, how do you look at the current landscape in terms of social media and podcasting? What are your opinions about what's going on in our world today? I love it. I mean, outside of the whole COVID thing, but it's not the first time we've been down a pandemic road, but I kind of look at it like I grew up as a coherently in the nineties. And that was like the dawn of AOL and AOL's <laughs> chat was like, Oh my God, let, wait for the dial up. Let's chat. And you come to school the next day. Hey, I had a chat with somebody in Italy who I don't remember who it was, but I had a chat with somebody in Italy. So now it's kind of like the, the new dawn of that genre that's exploding to another level. Now, for those of you younger listeners who don't know what AOL is, you don't know what you got mail. If you don't know what that is, uh, I love saying this, Google it, okay? Because you remember the days where you're online and you had to put a little post-it on the phone. Don't pick up the phone because these phones were actually wired into our wall. And if you picked up the phone, you get disconnected from online. You remember those days, don't you, S.A.? Yeah, I definitely remember those days. Even with DSL, it was very similar, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, those, those are probably we, – we think that we had it. We are on the cutting edge back then, and we were. But nowadays, it's like I'm on high-speed gigabit, uh, gigabit internet right now. But back then, I think like uh, 440 megs was uh, the, uh, the space of a computer. Now you get terabytes on a computer. It's just crazy how far we've come. Um, so let's talk about growth because there's a lot of people listen to the show. A lot of people listen to my show are entrepreneurs and they have you know gone to the webinars. They, they've signed up for email lists and downloaded white papers, maybe bought a book, maybe purchased a course. And like, I'm not getting growth because you can ask a hundred different growth experts uh, their opinion. You'll get out 200 different opinions. So what are re some really simple ideas? Because I'm, I'm not a fan of complexity. I like simplicity. I want people to go implement the ideas you're going to give us now. What are some simple ideas that people can go, go and do that can get them growth for whether they're promoting their business or brand? So just look at it from like a growth marketing st strategy standpoint, right? What has been timeless? What is something that's always been around? So you have to think about it. There's radio, right? There's TV and there's publications. Now, however you define those three things, they're still live and well in different forms today, right? TV back then was more so a box tube that you would watch. In today's world, it's YouTube. So utilizing the old traditional stuff of how do I market myself on television, you can still use that on YouTube, right? Books, for example. Books have, have been around since the dawn of time. 
So a lot of people, they have businesses, but they don't really see the power in creating a book. And they were like, well, nobody wants to read that. It's not about them reading it. It's about you giving them education, giving them tools, giving them access to it, and then you becoming a lead for them, right? They're all like, okay, this person knows what he's talking about. He has a book. You become creditable. And then by then you turn that book into a lead magnet. And then lastly would be audio, right? And in today's world, audio would be podcasting. There's no reason why a plumber couldn't have a podcast or a lawyer couldn't have a podcast. You are a professional in that expertise and you are niched down enough to talk about that topic day in and day out or interview other people day in and day out to give value back to your customers that may be listening and get the aha moment and become a conversion. Do you know why I started the Mark Shuchewski podcast? I would think 100% for lean magnet marketing. Well, do you know who was instrumental in me starting the podcast? You're right with the lead magnet, by the way. No, I don't know. Fill me in. Gary Vaynerchuk. So in the spring of 2017, Gary, a super entrepreneur, of course, everyone listening to this show knows who Gary Vaynerchuk is. You can just go look him up, Gary V, V-E-E, if you want to. He says, the future is voice and audio. And here we are four years later, and the future is voice and audio. And he goes, everyone needs to have a podcast. And I remember when I heard him say that, I'm like, well, I listen to podcasts. Could I be a podcast? Could I be a podcaster? And I said, hmm, I used to be a radio DJ back in the day, back when we played records. Again, younger generation, go Google what records 45s, 33s are, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, huh. And so I went to this website. You probably never heard of essay called Google.com. And I said, how do I start a podcast? And I got a bazillion hits. And I'm like, so on July 7, 2017, I started my first podcast. And now I'm like, got a billion episodes, something like that. But it's because of Gary had the forethought of saying you need to get a podcast because the future voice and audio. Now, Right now, as we're recording this on April 14th, listener, you're hearing this on April 15th, um, Clubhouse is pretty hot, but what I keep cautioning people on, you don't own social media. You and I own the content of our podcast, and I want people to understand that, yeah, Clubhouse is on fire. Apparently, now that Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn are coming out with their own Clubhouse versions, Clubhouse is going to fold, but it goes back to the fact you have to own the content. I mean, I don't think you or I are ever going to get booted off of uh, podcasting platforms. I mean, I'm, who's going to ban Mr. Productivity? I mean, come on. Um, but I think everyone, to your point, anyone can have a podcast. And and I know you know these statistics, but I want to share these with the l- listener because they blow my mind. There's estimated just over 2 million podcasts in Apple Podcasts right now. 44% of them have three or fewer episodes. 68% haven't been updated in 90 days. So there's a lot of room, a lot of opportunity to get into podcasting. And you can literally, like you said, podcast about anything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what what is your podcast about? So Boss and Cage essentially is, is a branded podcast that the title self-defines what it is, right? It's anyone that is a boss or wants to be a boss. That could be someone that's employed by someone else and they wanted to break out of the regime of the man or someone that is growing into becoming a boss and they want to scale and grow. That's on one hand. It's for entrepreneurs, small business owners. On the other hand, it's about the legacy. To your point, I own my content. So now I'll be able to leave behind a legacy and breadcrumbs for my family and my kids to go back 20 years, 100 years from now and listen to the things that we're talking about that are very evergreen topics that will stand the test of time. Hey there, it's Mark. And I want to invite you to become a Mark Stuchowski insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at Mr. Productivity.com. You know, my father's 80 years old, and I'm just now getting him to getting him into podcasting. And we were talking, and you know, he grew up, he was born in 1941. 
right? Wow. And he's like, that was bizarre. You had to go to the radio. They didn't, you know, you had to go to radio and hopefully your show would be on. Now podcasting is literally on demand. And I'm a, I'm a true blue podcaster. I know you do the video version, I think. Um, but I, I like the fact that I can be in people's ears, whether they're out running on the airplane, airport, whatever the case may be. But I love the fact that it's our radio station. We get to set the rules. We get to invite the guests we want on the show. And I think everyone, even if you're a small bakery or like you said, a plumber, you need to consider podcasting. And it's so easy to get into podcasting right now. Um, is it, is it super simple? No, but it's really easy. And I think if you really want to be the red airing and you want to get some growth, I would encourage them like you did, get a podcast. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I 100% concur with that. So let's talk about another stat I heard recently that everyone is hot on these courses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got to get a course. Got to get a course. Got to get a course. And I heard a stat from my coach just yesterday that only 10% of people actually watch videos in a course. And of those 10%, like 8% finish the videos. And I, I said to her, I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. Then why am I going to create this course that very few people are going to watch? She goes, it's got nothing to do with the course. It's got to the fact that your credibility, your authority, someone comes to your course and you got like a whole bunch of videos in there or a whole bunch of PDFs in there, or MP3s that shows credibility. And she goes, why do you care? I'm like, you create the content. You can't force someone to consume your content. They they can spend the money. They can do the course. They can download your podcast, listen to it or not. They have a choice. You agree? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I, and I think like we're at the dawn of the, the changing of courses, right? I think every to your point, everyone is creating courses, but I think the people that are just creating courses are missing out on the bigger picture, which is academies. And uh, and people like 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 what what is an academy? Well, think about a course from a standpoint of as a one time fee. It could be anywhere from forty seven dollars to four thousand dollars for a course, or you could have access to everything. To your point, they may not even look at it. They may not even watch it, but it becomes a recurring revenue model mm-hmm. to say an academy. So the academy could be $47 a month, $129 or $500 a month and have access to all my courses. Or you can pick, you do your a la carte and pick one at a time. Yep. Either way, you monetize both strategies. I love that. And that's actually what I'm actually transitioning to now is because by having a membership, I call it the membership site. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but you get new content every month. But the old content doesn't go away. So you just get more and more content. So if you come in, let's say a year in, you're going to have a whole library of stuff to go through, which is I look at it serves two purposes. One, it serves the customer, which is really important. But number two, it helps me get better because as you continue to create new content, you continue to learn. So you continue to share. And so you become a better person as well. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. And it kind of goes back to your other point you made earlier about having audio versus video. Like on my podcast right now, I am developing all the content, but I'm executing the audio because the video, I can create a YouTube channel. I can put that at the base of my courses. I have a book club. In my book club, we talk about books from the podcast. So I could take those tidbits from those videos and throw them into the actual book club. So I'm repurposing my content on multiple different platforms. It's interesting to say that because I have never been able to get YouTube to work. Uh, my two platforms that I'm on are LinkedIn. That's by far a long shot. It, they're way out in front of everybody else. And then I, for fun, I go on Snapchat. I don't do TikTok. I deleted TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook's on the bubble because I wasn't getting any action from the doll. I mean, literally, I tried for years and years. And now I think Facebook and Instagram are so saturated. 
I'm like, well, LinkedIn's working for me. And I like to know your thoughts on this. If a platform is working really, really well for you, do you need to go to the bright, new, shiny object? So I think that's a two-part question, right? Bright and shiny object syndrome is something that will always dilute like your end results, your end goals. But if you in place systems and automation, then you don't have to worry about that, right? So I can post content to one source and have my automatic systems then place that content everywhere else. Now, if someone's listening to that platform, eventually I'm going to look at those analytics and someone's going to raise their hands sooner or later. And once they start raising their hands, then guess what? I'm going to put more time and more budget and effort into that platform. But for right now, I have so much content, I might as well spread the content everywhere automatically. Okay. So I want to make uh, really tactical for the listener right now. So we talked about TV, radio, print. You gave us the 2021 version of it. What are one or two things that people can do today or maybe start today that is going to help them better promote their business or brand? Let's get really simple for them here. Really, really simple. I would say start with a book because a book is the gateway to everything we're talking about. A, good, a book, you can kind of have a clear outline. That outline could then be converted into a course later. That outline could be Q&A, FAQs for your podcast. But now you have a tangible object that you could always refer to as a reference point to create other products and services. Now, when you say start a book, you mean actually write a book, start the process of writing a book. And that's the beauty of being in, in the space that I'm in, right? Everybody kind of gets kind of diluted with the, oh, I don't have time to write a book. Well, creating an outline of your core principle. Just say your 10 things that you talk about with all your clients. If you're going back to plumber, if you're a plumber, it's about cutting pipes, it's about welding pipes, fixing pipes. That's your key things. So that's what your book is essentially going to be about, is solving a problem for a listener, right? And then you could ghostwrite. Ah, yes. You give a ghostwriter the questions, let them fill in the blanks, you review it, you approve it, and then you have a book. And essentially, like last year, I published five books for myself and two books for clients. All of them were, were essentially bestsellers, but it was all strategized. It was all systematically done. Now, I'm hearing in my ear, imaginatively, that a plumber that you referred to, we, we talked about the plumber a couple of times. They're like, okay, essay, I'm a plumber. I, yep. A podcast, a book? I, I, I go and unplug people's toes. I, you're telling me that you're recommending to me to consider writing a book and ha having a podcast. I'm just a plumber. What would you say to that person? I would say, think about the bigger picture and don't think about the micro. Don't think about the conversion factor. Think about the longevity of this content you're going to create. So if you're going to create a book, right, that book could also be a manual for your new employees. Ah. Okay. Uh, that book can also be a giveaway to you. Imagine a damn a plumber walking into your house and saying, "Here's a book that I've written." The, the scope of looking at that plumber yeah. is completely different. <laughs> yes. He's giving you a step-by-step, -step, "Hey, here's things that you should look out for. When you leave to go out of town, you should turn off your water and drain your pipes." Oh, I didn't think about that. That was chapter 2. Simple as that. But now you're giving them an insight to your quality and your worth versus another plumber just going to come in and give you a price. Mm. Uh, I listener, I hope you didn't miss that. I mean, what SA just said to you is gold. So uh, your homework assignment is to get a notebook and start outlining your book. Because like SA just said, everything can spawn from this and think about how much further ahead you're going to be to your competition. When you got a book or a mini course or an email newsletter or a podcast, you're going to be so far ahead of everything else. That That's gold. I and mean, we can stop the podcast right now. We're not going to, <laughs> but that is gold. So how about another piece of information that you can impart with us that could really help us? Because I, I got a feeling there's some people listening to the show today and they're like, oh, I'm stuck. Okay. I get it. The podcast, the book. I say, what else you got for me? 
So, I mean, let's just, I want you to kind of itemize that out for me, like in what direction? Because, I mean, keep in mind, like going back to me being the Renaissance guy, right? I have multifacets. So you're talking more so on the design. You're talking more so on growth. You're talking more so on scalability, automation. What exact topic? Well, let's go with automation because I love talking about automation. I'm a productivity guy. And if I can automate it, I automate it because we live in 2021. And there's, in my opinion, there's no need to do something manually when automation can do it for you. And like I said, in 2021, there are so many options for automation. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah, I would say anyone coming into automation, the first thing that you need to automate essentially is your emails. Because the email, believe it or not, is still probably the highest conversion factor in any business. And you have a warm audience or a hot market that's listening to that content. And they have opportunity to opt out anytime they want to. So you have to get away from being scared of sending emails. Mm -hmm. Send an email a day. Why not? As long as you're delivering value, right? You could take your book and segment it into 20, 30 emails and give tips per day. You know, I've always... I've always hesitated at that. And when I joined Russell Brenson's email list, I got an email a day and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, seriously? But what he's doing, and if you read his books, he does, he explains why if people are just trying to take from you, they're going to get tired of your daily emails and they're going to opt out, which is good anyways, because they probably would have never been a client anyways. And so I do a couple emails a week. And when you sign up to be a Mark Chesky insider, you get like, I think seven emails over 14 days before you get actually added to my email list, trying to always provide value. But an email a day, I, I know the value of it, but I, it's even I am kind of scared about doing that. So convince me why I should do an email a day to my, my subscribers. Well, think of an email a day as far as segmentation, right? So I'm producing an email a day, but it's segmented. So my book club, for example, every week they get a new book, a new recommendation, new tips. So that's one, right? That that comes out, let's say, on Sunday, every Sunday. Okay. Great. My podcast, well, that's one a week, right? So if you're opted into both my book club and my podcast, then Sunday you'll get about a book. Monday or Tuesday you'll get about a podcast episode. And that's how I'm developing to the one a day. It's not the same exact content, and it's based upon the target audience. So segment, segmenting it to where you're getting different content based upon what you've opted into. Okay. So now the Mark Shachesky podcast for 2021, brand new episode every day this year. I've not missed a day yet. You recommend I should, if you were coaching me, would you recommend I send an email out to my list every day saying, I talked to SA Grant. We talked about these things today. Here's the link. You think I, you think that I should try that? I, I definitely think about Gary V, for example, right? Mm -hmm. If you are a follower of Gary V, he produces more content than anyone on this planet, yeah. right? Right. So think about that. If, if Gary V is sending you content every single day and you are in love with Gary V and you're never going to opt out because you're always like, what did he say today? Yeah. So your listeners will fall into that category. If they've been following you for this long and you're up to the point to where you're doing a podcast per day, someone may be working right now. They don't have time to listen to your podcast. But if they get that email reminder about, hey, today we interviewed S.A. Grant and he talked about growth strategies. Like, oh, now you have an, a, an extra download that you may have missed that someone may get to it a week to two from now when they saw backlogging versus you just notifying them to say, Hey, I have a new episode. Ah, cause what I was doing, I was doing a one email a week and say, here are the seven episodes, but I understand what you're saying. Should I send an email saying, Hey, this is what's going to happen. Or should I just start doing it? What do you recommend? 
I mean, it's a combination of different things, right? So you could send out an email to say, hey, this is an episode that I recorded today. And then you can also take segments of that and post it online. Because again, your segmentation of your target audience, they may be on LinkedIn, they may be on Facebook, they may be on TikTok, and they may check email. But not one person is going to be able to check all of these platforms. You're just putting out the wide net. And again, using automation, it allows you to do that without breaking a sweat. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to MrProductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. Uh, I asked the wrong question. I mean, before I start doing this email a day, telling people about the new episode, should I send an email out, tell my list to say, hey, I'm going to start sending an email out every day. Should I do that or should I just start sending an email a day? It's, it's, it's a caveat with doing that, right? Because now you're, act, you're opening up Pandora's box. Okay. You're giving them opportunity to say, no, I don't want that without them actually seeing the content you're uh, going to deliver. Gotcha. You see, some people are going to, by default, hate emails. But the people that say that they hate emails are still probably going to not opt out of your list. They may ignore your emails or they may click at least click on your emails. But then through your email campaign software, you have an uh, opportunity to look at the analytics mm-hmm. to see who is actually clicking on it. And then you can say, okay, these 10 people out of this 100 people are actually clicking on every single email. That is your hot market. Then then you can start sending them offers. You don't have to send the offers to the 100. You can send the offers to that 10 Mm. and probably get a higher conversion rate because they're opening every email and they're responding and they're looking at everything you're doing. They're just waiting for you to give them something to purchase. Wow. That is... uh... See, see, listener, even I learned from my guest. That is gold. I'm going to start doing that. And and I, I heard from somebody. I remember what could have been uh, Pat Flynn. It's better to have an engaged, a small engaged list than a ginormous disengaged list. So if some people unsubscribe, hey, they're probably never going to be clients anyway. That's okay. Still love them. So you gave us so much to think about today. What I want to do now before I let you go, and well, before I ask you the final, final question, is do mic swap. This is something I do. I guess you do it on your show too. It, it kind of adds a little special element to the, the show. You can ask me any question you want, except for my credit card and social security numbers. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what you're going to ask me. And a couple of my guests have asked me questions. I go, I have no idea. That's okay. It's my show. I don't edit it out. My, my listener knows that. So Essay, you are the temporary host of the show. It's all yours. Great, great, great. So this is what I'll start off with. Welcome, welcome back to Boston Cage Podcast, and we'll go into this question, right? So (laughs) the question I have for you is a signature question that I've asked all my guests on my show, and I'm very intrigued to hear what your answer is going to be. So if you could spend 24 hours in in one day uninterrupted with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Well, as a Christian, most people think I would say Jesus. No. I, I, what I wanted, I, I think the person I would want to spend the most time with would be King Solomon. And the reason why wow. we say that is because he was, even to this day, he was the wealthiest person in the world. And not only was he the wealthiest person in the world, if you know anything about Bible, your Bible history, God said, you can ask me for whatever you wanted. And he asked for wisdom, not wealth. And God gave him wealth and wisdom. And so I would just like to sit there and go, what would it be like to have both wisdom and wealth? Now, he wasn't the perfect man. There was no perfect man except for Jesus walked on this planet. But I would like to hang out with David and just say, you know, to be the wealthiest person that ever lived on this planet, I, I just couldn't imagine. I mean, he, he would put Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk together to shame. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. got another question or is that the only one? That's fine. If you, that's the only one. Um, other question I have for you is with everything that you're doing, right, outside of your family and your kids, right, what is your greatest achievement to date? Greatest achievement. 
Oh, man, you got me stumped there. Uh, I've got a lot of great achievements. Um, greatest achievement. I'm going to say, I, I don't know if this is the greatest achievement. Cause I'm just, I'm trying to, I had no preparation for this. I think I am really happy with my podcast. I mean, when I first launched it in July 7, 2017, and within a day I had like 75 downloads and I knew I downloaded it. My wife downloaded it. My cousin downloaded it. I'm like, who are these other 72 people? I mean, I didn't do any promotion or anything about it. I'm like, who are these people downloading my podcast? And I am so humbled for everybody who listens to my show. Every download, everyone says, I listen to your show. I'm just like, wow, you know, who am I? I'm just a guy who has a, a studio in his house and I'm talking about things that inspire me. And so I'm not going to say that's the most important thing, but that's the one that came to mind right now. Well, but I definitely want to commend you on, on your podcast because, I mean, I'm at that point to where I'm doing an episode per week and I'm so backlogged that I'm thinking about upgrading it to twice a week. But you've accomplished to where you're releasing episode per day, which for me is crazy thinking about, like, <laughs> executing seven episodes in, in seven days. It's, it's definitely a powerful thing. Well, what happened was is I started getting more and more guests. I, I reached the tipping point, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell, Mitch, uh, hit the tipping point. More people were asking me on my show. So I started doing one interview a week, then two, then three, then four. And the problem is, is I was releasing one or two a week. And then people were waiting four months to get my schedule and then five months for their episode release. And one day I had an epiphany. I was on someone else's show and they sent me an email, say, hey, your episode's out. I'm like, huh? Yeah, you were on my show five months ago. I'm like, I'm like, well, that's, I said, that's the dumbest thing. I, oh, I do that too. And so I had an epiphany. I said, hmm, what if I vet my guests better? I don't edit the show and release the next day. Well, number one, the guests love it because they know the episode's going to come out the next day. So they can plan at the recent release in the book and like that. But then I said, hmm, well, I don't want these people. Now, I mean, right now we're talking about in April, for April, 2021, I'm booked out to the end of July and I'm doing five interviews a week. Okay. Wow. Everyone, everybody wants to be on my show. I don't know why. I have no idea why. And so on July for on January 1st, I said, you know what? I created a podcast episode. I'm going to release a brand new episode every day in 2021. Not realizing that Gary Vaynerchuk has a team of 15 people. It's just my wife and me, but you know what? I committed to it and the streak actually started Christmas day, 2020, but it's not that hard because number one, my guests like you do the heavy lifting. You do most of the work. All I have to do is put the mid rolls, the intro and the outro out, and then, you know, create the blog post and upload it. It's not that hard. It takes me about 45 minutes when I'm done, but it's really forced. It forced me out of my comfort zone. So I'm better serving the audience. And I know no one listens to every episode. They look at the title and go, eh, growth strategy. I'm going to listen to this one. Oh, health and wellness. I'm not going to listen to this one. I get that. But I, I thank you for your kudos on that. Cause I, I guess, I don't know what I was thinking January 1st, but 365 days, that's a long time. So we'll see what happens. But if it all goes as planned, I'll have episode 1060 on New Year's Day, 2021. So I'm stoked. So my final question for you, sir, is where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? So podcast-wise, it's simple. It's self-explanatory. Podcast.com. BossonCage.com. That's you can get all the episodes that you want on that particular platform. And to kind of talk about growth strategy, you would go to SAGrant.com. I love it. Thank you for keeping it simple. Thank you for being on the show today. You are a rock star, my friend. Well, I, I definitely appreciate you having us. And I mean, again, I'm just listening to, to your episodes and just listening to what you're doing. And I, I, I'm all awe of what you're accomplishing. So appreciate it. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.